to Money Talks with Baxter Arnaberry. He's not just talking the talk, he's living it. And you can too. Today in the studio with me is Mr. Clifton West. Hey, Cliff. Hey there. How you doing there, brother? <laughs> good, good, good. You know, I was reading up on you. I didn't know that your track, um, Time in the Mile was what? Yeah, I read a 401 there, brother. Yeah. A, a 401 in the mile. That a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's okay, but we need to talk about it because <laughs> you ju- you just don't happen upon a 401. No, you don't. You know, it it takes work. It's like anything in, in life. It takes work. It takes preparation. Uh, even so much as an obsession at a certain point. And it was, I was inspired by, you know, just reading the article of the meat where you were what right at three minutes in at the third in, in the third lap and uh i think you were in last place right uh yeah yeah you was traveling race. yeah i was training, then he yeah. came around to that last corner right on that right. fourth lap yeah what kicked in well you know every race has its own personality and on that given race it was my time and i stepped up into my time there have been other races where actually bigger races where uh, I didn't step up into my time. And I know after, you know, in hindsight now, right. that I didn't do that. So when I coached for some 20 years, mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure I shared with those athletes mm-hmm. that take advantage of your time because you only get it but a very short period of time. That's right. That's right. And that's information from a Hall of Fame track star. Today, ladies and gentlemen, on Money Talks Radio Show, we're going to shift gears a little bit. As you know, it's all about money, at least so we think it's all about money. Um, Today, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the wealth principles associated with the Bible. Okay. Is the Bible the ultimate financial guide? What's your thoughts? I think I, first of all, I just want to say what an honor it is to be here with you, brother, truly. Mm -hmm. uh, To be in the space with such a community warrior and a love warrior and someone who I haven't known long. But, you know, sometimes you can meet those people and it's just like a wake-up call. You've really known them all your life. You just haven't come in contact with them yet. Right. And that's why I feel about you, my brother. I appreciate the Bible. I think that it's the ultimate financial guide. I do too. And I think a lot of times we get confused, especially when we put money out in front. There it is. And when we put money out in front, it's almost like a cross to the vampire. You're like, oh, money isn't everything. Money isn't everything. Money isn't everything. Money and possessions are the second most referenced topic in the Bible. Money is mentioned more than 800 times and the message is clear. But nowhere in scripture is debt viewed in a positive manner. That's true. What do you say about that? I, I do say that's true. I, I think, like with everything in the Bible, God is concerned with our spiritual health. Mm-hmm. He knows that his greatness is for our goodness. 
And so if you even start off with Malachi 310, he said, bring your tithes and offering into the storehouse right. and how he will open up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and bless us in ways that we can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. There's no one, there is no one who knows what we need. Right. A lot of times we get confused what we want right. with what we really need. Right. And I, uh, the Bible has a prescription for just what it is that we are to receive, but first we have to get our spiritual health. We have to be about our spiritual health. Right. Because money, like it says in First Timothy, mm-hmm. is the root of all evil and it can destroy you. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And sin got to go somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have to be more vigilant about uh, using as our foundation for our our grasping of wealth and of that which we need monetarily because we do need money right. and make no mistake about it, money is not an evil thing right right it's not an in the bible not say it's ever evil thing that's right it's a root of but it's never right. evil that's thing right. just like mm-hmm. food or anything else that's right man can use it for whatever tool he wants right to destroy himself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's why i'm so glad for people like yourself though uh thaxter where i do believe that the lord have put people on this earth to help us in certain ways. Right. Your passion happens to be in money. Right. You know, mine is not in money. I see how the Lord has taken care of me in spite of myself. That's money. right. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm thankful for people like yourself mm-hmm. who, and I look at how you help people. The penny challenge. The penny challenge. <laughs> the penny challenge is biblical, brother. It, it's, it's huge. It's it really biblical, is. too. I mm-hmm. was looking at it. I got it mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it, it, and one of the scriptures, I think it was Proverbs, it talks about get a little uh, accumulating a little at a time that's right that's right and the dollars that take care of themselves and the dollars that take care of themselves mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. a reason for that that's right you know that's god right. says in malachi three twelve, test me right see mm-hmm. he said just test me right just give me mine first just a little bit that's right but give it to me first right that's important too because right. that means we're putting him first and mm-hmm. then he can bless us in ways and we aren't able to bless ourselves that's right well when i piggyback off what you just said he said give me mines first basically that's what the orange tree actually says before it gives you fruit you know you have to take the seed and plant it first exactly nurture it make sure it's in fertile soil then the tree well here's what happens the root goes down mm-hmm. right right it creates the base then the actual plant itself starts to show itself above earth exactly and then once it's nurtured and cared for it produces the oranges so there was a study one time in la with some inner city youth they invited them out into um onto the farm Mm -hmm. and they gave them a questionnaire and one of the questions was this they asked them where does apples come from and you know what the inner city youth said was that from the store so when we talk about or we take uh, the prescription that you gave when you said give to his house first, mm-hmm. then you shall receive, it's really a, a, a product of nature. Yes. It's a duplication process of nature. That's right. So when I hear you say what you said, see, the only promise that stands out in my mind in the Bible is to the giver, not to the receiver, right? So you gave a prescription of giving first, then thou shall receive, Exactly. right? Exactly. How do you picture that? How would you? Well, you know, you said it 
best at the creative exchange and they kind of caught you off guard i remember you were the first one they asked this question right (laughs) and you and and, you know i knew you was gonna have to dig down in your heart right right but after you came up with that answer it was over it was a done deal for the rest of us and what you said Mm -hmm. was be a giver now i'm paraphrasing but um, this is you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. be a giver right because if you give Mm -hmm. with a loving heart you can't help but receive. The law of nature won't allow you. It's to the law of nature. It won't allow exactly. you. Exactly, it's the way God created. That's right. So, I mean, the 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 other part of that possible uh, part of that is faith. Right. I go back to your orange tree. You mm-hmm. plant it, but right. you don't know when it's going to come up. Exactly. You don't know how many oranges are going to be on the branch. You can't go up under the ground and push the seed. You up. can't push this. Don't don't mm-hmm. invite people to the orange party till you know how many oranges is on the branch. That's right. Okay, because because that's, right. that's another way of thinking about. Well, I planted all these many seeds. I should have these many oranges. And you're looking at what you want. Right. When God is in the process of giving you only what you. That's so right. we have to wait on God mm-hmm. now. What he's the gift that he's put in you, Thaxter, to be able to talk about real estate and, and these all different uh, processes and systems in the way this works. Right. This is all. This is this is for God too. This is still He put you here for a reason right. to share this knowledge. Right. But wisdom is your main shelter. Money, money's a shelter too. Mm-hmm. But money's not the shelter that's going to preserve you. Right. Like wisdom. Will. Now, for me, money is just an excuse it's not the reason Mm. and sometimes it may come off a little bit funny and a little bit different but the things that i talk about and the things that i discuss the things that i bring up these are things i thought about as a child because one of my reward systems that was um placed in front of me early though was i had to know every piece of the bible Mm. wasn't church it was my mom Mm -hmm. and so I've been reading Proverbs since I was five or six old, and you know I don't go out. And I read one of your posts uh, of being a Christian. Yeah, you know I think sometimes we get caught up in this parochial piety, a uh, sense of piety uh, of religiosity. I don't want to get too harsh, right? But I got to be real about you it. You have to see mm-hmm. Christ. He gave us everything we needed to know in terms of how we should be. Right. And a lot of times what where this leads us, this religiosity leads us is to this kind of exclusionary. Okay? Right. And, then, and that's an oxymoron because if mm-hmm. you're a Christian, you're not exclusionary. Exactly. If you're a true Christian. Mm-hmm. This judgmental kind of Christian. Well, if you're Christian, it's not for you to judge. Right. It's for you to look. Is that to be a giver. You have to be Christ-like mm-hmm. and not the man-made template sometime right. that man want to put on Christ. Right. Because right mm-hmm. now, you know, amongst too many Christians, Christ is just a lot. That's right. And I'm talking about people who call themselves religious. That's right. Yeah, you know, and don't get me wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm reformed sinner every day. <laughs> I have to get it because I know somebody listening to this we show. We are. We yeah. are. Well, here's the thing. You know, I, most of us practice receiving. When we talked about the talents, right, where one was given one talent, one was given two talents, mm-hmm. and one was given five. This is that. This was a parable that Christ was. If I remember, Christ was um, 
uh, saying, and this is one of the last times he's going to be speaking to his disciples, I believe. Mm-hmm. He's going to be going home, and he's talking about the coming of the kingdom back to earth. Mm-hmm. But he was likening it mm-hmm. to these to this parable. Exactly. It was a heavenly lesson with mm-hmm. earthly ramifications, right. as, I, as what mm-hmm. we're trying to talk about mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And basically, Christ wants us to be prepared. See, this body is a temple of ours. Right. Well, everything he gives us, we are to take care of. Right. Money is a gift to us, too. It belongs to him, mm-hmm. but he's loaning it to us. Right. And he wants us to be, wants us to be wise about it mm-hmm. in a way that, uh, that provides for us in the way that, that he wants to provide for us. Right. And hand it on down to our children and children's children in the same way. Because the one that was given five talents took those five talents, invested them, and made them 10. Right. The one that was given two took those two talents, invested those two, and made them four. Right. The one with the one talent took that talent and hid it, right? Right, thinking he was doing that thing. Exactly. See, and sometimes what I see in our community from it is that we start making excuses not to invest. Yeah. Let's talk about the fear. Because the one with the one, that's exactly what he said. I was afraid I would mm-hmm. lose it. Yeah. It, ta- it seems like a harsh thing to do, a uh, lesson to learn, and especially when, when you look at the point that the person thought he was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I read the Bible, and again, it's a parable, but there, is, there are nuggets of wisdom in that parable. Mm-hmm. And that we are always to rely upon the wisdom that God has given us. And that when we do that, uh, that is the only way that we will be able to receive what it is we're able to receive. I, I go back to your thing about receiving. Receiving is an art, too. Art mm-hmm. too. You can receive in such a way where you cut off your borders. Now, they say 85% of minorities profess to be Christians. But when it comes to wealth, 69% of Americans have $1,000 or less. Half of that 69% has $0. The results financially are not showing. Is that stewardship is not often oh, talked about. I see, okay. You know, being a good steward is not often talked about. And we need to have more stewardship conversations, and we need to have it in a context where we have intellectuals like yourself who can help break these things down. But I think where we've fallen short is that we're not having the conversation that uplifts the congregants. Listen, I think you, my brother, Cliff West, should have a G3, a G4. You see, now, you think the same thing for me. Now, you don't have to want it. But listen, we're, you know, you played, I mean, you ran track at a level that most people can't run. You, you play ball at a level that nobody well, can. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. You get what I'm saying? That that next level uh, achiever or achievement doesn't come easy. We first had to visualize. We first had to see somebody doing it, right? And then we had to determine that, okay, I'm going to do it better than that individual. And what I think we've done 
unconsciously is we've placed a glass ceiling on our faith. Is that I think of my own life when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. And I went to school, I graduated. I didn't know where I was going to do. I graduated in psychology. There you go. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden I was found myself at this uh, interview in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I figured after about two or three years, I can make more money on my own. So as a young 25-year-old, I quit IBM. Right. My manager thought I was crazy. Right. He took me in and says, you, you, you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm getting ready to make as much money as you. That's what I'm fitting to do. There you go. And which I did. So you took the glass ceiling off yourself. I took the glass ceiling off myself. Because the job would have kept it on you. Exactly. Okay. But see, it goes back to running. Mm -hmm. And when I was running, I was a really little guy when I started. And, mm -hmm. and so I didn't know how good I, I could be. I had no idea. Right. Because I ran 505 just 24 months before I ran 409 in high school. Wow. You know, mm -hmm. that's the guy we serve. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I was 410, 90 pounds mm -hmm. you know, at, at, one, at the 505 time, and I was 5'6", 120 two years later. Right. So as, you, as long as you don't put a ceiling on yourself, but you come out every day and you perform and you go through your preparation mm -hmm. and you go and you get pushing you push and you push and you listen to people like you hey, that's right so you listen to this, all this mm -hmm. information mm -hmm. that's coming down on you mm -hmm. and it's going to stick what needs to stick to you is going to stick because mm -hmm. i've been times in my life i looked around and said how in the world did i get not there was a lot of money right but i just don't feel like i deserve it. uh and then i have to keep listening though mm -hmm. i have to keep listening to these voices like yourself and right. some voices mm -hmm. that are saying now is the time to do this with your money The writers of the Bible anticipated the problems we would have with money and possessions. Our whole culture now is built on the premise that we have to have more money and more stuff to feel happy and secure. Public storage is the poster child for what's wrong in America. Okay. We have too much stuff because we've bought into the myth fabricated by Wall Street and Madison Avenue that more stuff equals happiness. That's the total opposite of the truth and the opposite of what it says in the Bible. Amen. You, can't ne you can never think, dream, or imagine that nature will not respond to your inaction. Exactly, exactly. You know, that's so deep, man. I hope the people listening to this, I really liked what you put there. This could be a show within itself. I liken that, and that's the first time I heard this, okay? So it's just coming off the top right now, but hopefully out of the heart. As a paradigm for good versus evil. And the reason why I say that is because good, to do good, it takes a deliberate and sustained effort. Evil is part of the natural course of events that will come unless good pushes back on it. Don't stop. So we, what it's telling us there is that we have to be not only deliberate and sustaining, but we have to have a faith that sometimes you will plant a seed and it won't come up when you want it. And sometimes the weeds will come around it. Well, you keep having to, whatever you got to do, pull the weeds, spray them, whatever you have to do. You have to keep fighting those weeds off 
while you're nurturing the good that you put in. How do we get people to better understand the importance of seed time and harvest? We have to get a, a seed a seed planting spirit. See, we in a, you're right. We've become, I'm the whole nation, I mean, we've become a weed-pulling spirit people. That's right. I ain't talking about just black people. That's right. All people. That's right. We, mm-hmm. we, are, we get more now. You can't call it joy because, you know, you can become comfortable in misery. Right. So mm-hmm. we've become comfortable mm-hmm. in the miserable activity of pulling weeds. Right. Back to your thing. Right. Now, listen to this. We talk, we have a homeless scenario, right? And people focusing on the homeless scenario. But here's a seed. We once were at 65, 66, 67% of home ownership. Now we're right around mid-30s. Not homeless yet. Right. But but we're moving in that direction. The numbers keep falling. Exactly. Watch this. Campbell's Soup on, was that 47? Yeah, Franklin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Produced more homeowners than the uh, Golden One Arena. See, the Golden One Arena don't have sustainable jobs for most oh, of the people. I see what you mean. Yes, you yes, get what I'm saying? Yes. The affordability level isn't there. Yes. So we closed Campbell Soup and opened up a bunch of part-time jobs. And then the homeless population is increasing, and we're wondering why. Self. You know, there's individual love, and then there's institutional love. Wow. See, I'm a little older than, than you. You're right. Uh, I love it. That's why, that's why you're here. No, they're not, Put it I, down. I'm, not, I'm not pulling that. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is that when mm-hmm. I grew up, right. minimum wage, mm-hmm. you could get an apartment. That's, you could get, you, you, you wouldn't need no public storage. You can get all the foods you want. You wouldn't even need food stamps. Right. On a minimum wage. Right. I, you know, I, I remember I made $5 an hour. Uh, my senior year of high school, after I work in construction, to this day I've never lived so well. Gotcha. Yeah, let me just put a little uh, uh, ribbon on that as well. And when you talk about a black people, you're talking about a people who, historically in this nation, have been the most giving people in the history of the modern exactly. world. Exactly. Not just giving in terms of. Of, uh, of our bodies and our that minds right. and so forth mm-hmm. but of our hearts you realize that if we would have had as a black people the same type of attitude mm-hmm. toward white people that white people had toward us mm-hmm. there would be a civil war every generation that's right that's right we have taught the world how to love in our music that's right in our disposition that's right and and so mm-hmm. but you're right somewhere down the road mm-hmm. We lost connection mm-hmm. to the kind of giving, plant seeding giving That's right. spirit mm-hmm. that we had mm-hmm. back in. What you think? This note is legal tender for all debts, both public and private. Is that legal tender? Yes. A it, note actually describes the debt. Right. So what we call money is an actually a debt instrument. Yes. Okay, so in the the word says the the borrower will become servant to the lender. So when he talks about the root of all evil, you got a note, you got evil in your hand, mm-hmm. but it's not evil when you take two and make it four, take five and make it ten. It's evil when you hold a debt instrument and you bury it because you're fearful. Now 
everyone take the dollar bill out your pocket and you just read it and research it. And if you're not careful, when you look on the back of that dollar bill, you know how we talk about the rule of 72 time. The rule of 72 <laughs> shows you how to double a promissory note. But what we try to do is always possess it and not put it to work. Uh. We bury it in our pocket. One more time, we take this promissory note and we bury it in our pocket and then we start having conversations about the penny challenge or we start having conversations about how to double it. You fight the person with the two. The person with the two talents trying to, hey look Cliff, yeah. You know, this is what you need to devil it. The person with the five, Cliff, Cliff, you know, I heard about you and your brother. You know, this is what I'm doing to devil it. And then Cliff come back and say, nah, man, I'm going to hang with the cat with the one. You know, he buried, I'm, I'm going to hold my position. You know what, and I agree with all that, and, and I'll add to it, is that once you get that double, where is your faith and what do you do with it then? It is. Once you get it, you give. Listen. It said, above all, love. Now, mm -hmm. what's a better expression of love than the giving of or fueling that person that got you? That's where you show the world where your true treasure is. That is. Cliff, this has been, uh, let's say this, a godly conversation. Real. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned in to Money Talks Radio Show, Tuesday's edition. My name is Thaxter Artiberry, and my special guest is none other than the older <laughs> of Cornell West, Clifton West, who actually taught his younger brother, the Harvard graduate, how to read at age two.